Welcome to the Travel Therapy Mentor Podcast, your number one source for travel therapy information and education, hosted by travel physical therapist duo Jared and Whitney. Join us every other week on Facebook Live to learn about a new travel therapy topic or listen to the replay right here on our podcast. If you're new to travel therapy and ready to get started, contact us to get connected with the travel therapy recruiters and companies we recommend by visiting TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. If you're ready to remove the guesswork and jumpstart your travel therapy career, let us teach you step-by-step everything you need to know to get started and to be financially successful as a traveler by enrolling in our comprehensive travel therapy course titled Becoming a Financially Successful Travel Therapist. You can visit TravelTherapyMentor.com course and use the discount code TRAVEL to save $150 on our course. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com course and the discount code is TRAVEL. And if you're looking for the best way to get your CEUs online as a traveler who's always on the go, you can use our discount code to get the best rate on an annual MedBridge subscription, which is where we get all of our online CEUs. Use code FIFTHWHEELPT, that's F-I-F-T-H-W-H-E-E-L-P-T, for the discount, all one word. And last, if you're interested in getting started with credit card hacking to take advantage of free or low-cost travel like we do, check out our top credit card recommendations for travelers at TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. All right, and now on to this week's episode. Hey everyone. Hey everybody. Welcome to another Travel Therapy Mentor video. Tonight we're going to be talking about contract cancellations. That's uh, something we haven't talked about for a couple of years. A lot of our videos we're talking about the obviously the highlights or the good things about travel therapy and um, you know we always want to make sure to talk about the downsides too because uh, of course with pros come cons. We obviously think that travel is worth it considering all the pros and the cons but it's good to still talk about the, the cons to give people an idea of what they're getting into because there are situations where your contract gets canceled and it's uh, it can put you in a really bad position if you're not prepared for it. So um, going in, knowing what you're getting into is very important. So we're gonna talk about that. Um, Whitney's gonna introduce us and then we'll get this video shared in a couple different groups. All right, hey everyone. For those that may not know us, my name is Whitney Aiken. And I'm Jared Cazazza. And we're both traveling doctors of physical therapy. We've been travel PTs for eight years now. We started right away when we were new grads in 2015. And we have been doing uh, Facebook Live videos for the last several years on all kinds of different topics. So many of you guys may have watched our videos in the past or listened on our podcast. Um, if you have listened before, welcome. Thanks for coming back and joining us again. If you are new to our page, um, welcome as well. And thank you for joining us for the first time. If you're interested in learning more about travel therapy, you can go back and look through our old videos, either on our Facebook page or on our YouTube channel. Um, and then we have some of the newer ones from the last couple of years on our podcast as well, which is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms. So as Jared mentioned, tonight we're going to talk about contract cancellations. We actually just had one of our friends and a fellow travel PT write a guest post on this topic because she is actually one of the unfortunate travelers who has experienced a few different contract cancellations, actually five. She's been canceled five different times. Um, and she's been a travel PT for six years now. Um, and that's definitely kind of rare. So we've been traveling part-time for eight years. We did full-time travel for the first three years of our travel career. And then the last five years, we just do like one or two contracts a year. So we don't have quite as many under our belt as if we were working full-time for those eight years. But even so, in our eight years of doing it, 
we've only ever had one contract cancellation between the two of us. So in our opinion, it's actually pretty rare, um, but there are those, those folks like our friend Laura, who wrote the article, who've had quite a few um, contract cancellations. Um, I actually posted on Instagram and asked for some feedback as well from our viewers um, and our followers on there. And I'm gonna read you some stats from the poll that we did there and then some more specific, specific information on different people's situations. Um, so as soon as Jared gets done sharing the video in a couple more groups so more people can join us, we'll dive into that and I'll share with you some of the stats so that you can kind of see for yourself, you know, how common or how uncommon, I guess, contract cancellations are. If you are watching live on Facebook, we'd love if you'd say hello and just let us know that you're on in the comments. Um, if you watch later on Facebook as well, you can leave a comment and just let us know you watched on the replay. We'd also appreciate if you would just hit that thumbs up button and let us know you're watching. Um, if anybody is watching live and if you've had experience with a contract cancellation before, let us know. We would be interested to hear from you and what your experience has been. Um, like I said, we heard from about a dozen people or so on Instagram and they shared their experiences, but happy to hear from anybody else if you want to let us know um, on the live video what your experience has been with contract cancellations. So Jared is just wrapping up here, getting it shared in a couple groups. Um, I see a couple of you guys have joined on live. Thanks for joining. Feel free to say hi. All right, so we'll dive in here. So let me take a look at the stats so I can tell you guys a little bit more clearly. Um, so we had about 120 people respond to the poll that we posted on Instagram. And we said, have you ever had a contract cancellation? So this could be one or it could be five. We don't know. It's just, have you ever had one at all? And of the 120 people that responded, 36% of them said that they had had a contract cancellation before. Um, and 64% had never had a contract cancellation. Yeah, and that's, I would say that's pretty close to what I would expect. Um, most people have been traveling for a couple years and um, contract cancellations are fairly rare. So if you travel for two years, there's a pretty good chance that you would never have a cancellation. But if you travel for six, seven, eight, ten years, then it's much more likely, obviously, just because you have more opportunity to have a contract that gets canceled. Yeah, and there's also some, it sort of depends on luck too, right? And then some of it depends on your discipline and the supply and demand for your discipline. So for example, we heard from quite a few PTs and OTs that have been traveling for several years and had zero contract cancellations. So let's see, we have one person said they traveled for two years, an occupational therapist, zero canceled. Five years, a physical therapist, zero canceled. Uh, one year as a PT, zero canceled. Two years, zero canceled. Um, three Ten years, two. two well, three. I was going to say that in a minute, a minute but uh, two years, zero canceled. Five years, zero canceled PT. Um, let's see who else had zero canceled. Two years, zero canceled. Two and a half years, zero canceled. So there's definitely a lot of people that have had none. And then we heard from a couple of people that have one or two. So for example, there's one occupational therapist that has been traveling for 10 years. And she said in her 10 years, she's only ever had two that were cut short. So that would be like a mid-contract cancellation. Um, not before she got there, but while she was there. Um, and then we had another OT that says she'd been traveling for eight years and she only had two contracts canceled out of those eight years. However, um, when we talk about the different disciplines and the supply and demand, there is a, a CODA, a, an occupational therapy assistant, that said that she's been traveling for less than a year and she's already had two contracts canceled in less than a year. So that's probably like two out of three or two out of four of her contracts have been canceled. 
And a big reason for that for, um, for someone who's a CODA or a PTA is there's less demand for those jobs and more supply. So there's a lot more competition and there's a lot more likelihood that you might get canceled because they find a permanent person to fill that spot versus a lot of the PT, OT, and SLP jobs, they might be sitting open for a really long time without ever having an applicant for the permanent position. Yeah, based on these poll results, uh, what people have said, and plus just based on our experience over time, it does definitely seem like assistants and occupational therapists get canceled more often than PTs and SLPs. So um, yeah, it really depends on the supply and demand. I think a lot of there's a lot of PT and SLP jobs where there, whereas there's not as many OT and there's much fewer assistant jobs right now, CODA and PTA. So um, yeah, it's much more likely that if you're on contract, they might hire someone for that position than if you're a PT or an SLP. So discipline definitely plays a role. And uh, just for our experience, I've never had a contract canceled and we're coming on eight years of traveling, although we have not traveled um, very consistently during that whole time. So. I would say we probably have about four or five solid years of actually traveling and I've never been canceled and Whitney's had one. So between the two of us, probably about 10 years of travel and one, one contract cancellation. Yeah. So it's not that common, but you definitely need to be aware of it so that you, you know, know what to expect, know that it can happen and know what to do if it does happen. Um, when I posted about this, we got a ton of feedback. We had a couple of people message us and actually one person said, she'd never been canceled, but the person who followed her and took her job after she was leaving, almost immediately got canceled and was very shocked. And I guess they stayed in contact or I don't know how she found out of this information, but the, the person was a new traveler and apparently didn't know that that was a thing and didn't know that could happen to her and was very upset and very taken aback. And so the person who was messaging us said that she had to kind of take that new traveler under her wing and explain how all this stuff works. So you guys don't want to find yourself in that situation, right? Like you want to be informed now and understand kind of what can happen and, and what to expect. Yeah, which is why we always say, make sure to do your research. When we go to these conferences and we're talking to students, potential travelers, the biggest thing is to do your research, know what you're getting into, no questions to ask, all of those things. Cause it's very easy to get in a situation where you didn't even consider that uh, they might hire somebody and then your contract gets cut short. Some people, if you don't know anything about travel, you haven't talked to anyone, you haven't read anything, then why would you even consider that as an option? So. Um, it's important to know that, uh, know what you're getting into as a traveler. I see a few more of you guys have joined in live. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Kayla. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you guys for joining. If you are watching live, we'd love if you'd say hi and let us know who you are in the comments. Are you a current traveler? Or are you someone who's thinking about traveling? If you're a current traveler, have you ever been canceled? Do you have any experience with that? Please let us know. Okay, so getting a little bit more into what you need to know um, and what you can expect if it happens. So. What is a contract cancellation and what are the different types? Basically, you can kind of break down cancellations into two buckets and one is significantly worse than the other, in my opinion. Um, one is a contract to get canceled before you start. So you sign the contract, say five weeks in advance, and then one week before you start, they cancel the contract or one day before you start or two days before you start. I think that's the worst case scenario. Um, the other is a cancellation during the contract where you've already been working some number of weeks and they give you notice, uh, whatever your out or uh, whatever your contract states, either 14 days or sometimes there's 21 days or 28 days or 30 days, whatever the notice is, they give you that. And, uh, then you have to leave after that period of time. At least in that situation, you have some time to find another contract. Um, they have to give you the notice. Whereas if it's canceled before the contract starts, then, um, especially if you're on your way there, that can be a major issue. Yeah. Um, and this goes both ways. So you as the traveler can cancel your contract or the facility can cancel the contract. 
And typically you have to follow this notice period that's in your contract. So like Jared said, a lot of times it'll be two weeks or sometimes it'll be 30 days or somewhere in between. Um, if at all possible, it's best to try to get that 30 day notice worked in for your benefit in case they have to cancel you, then they have to give you 30 days and that gives you a 30 day buffer to figure it out. Um, but there are certain circumstances where you might want to cancel and then that means you pretty much need to abide by that notice as well. But there are circumstances where maybe you can cancel it beforehand, just like they can cancel it beforehand. So say you signed it, but then you changed your mind. We definitely encourage you not to use that lightly, um, not to just go around signing contracts and then try to go find something better in the meantime, knowing that you're probably going to cancel that one. That's not really a good look for you um, with your relationship with the recruiter or the relationship with the facility in the future. Yeah, and you have to think, you want to treat facilities and recruiters like you want to be treated. You don't want them canceling contracts on you. Obviously, as travelers, we talk about that being the worst case scenario, and we look down upon facilities that do that sort of thing. So you don't want to be the type of traveler that facilities look, look at you as a, uh, a negative. Right. But with that said, um, we always tell people if it's an emergency, if it's something that comes up, like somebody in your family dies or, or becomes ill or you hurt yourself or you become sick, obviously if it's an emergency, that's a different situation. Um, you just remain professional about it. You let them know you need to cancel it either in advance it, before it has started or if you're in the middle of a contract, you could cancel on the spot in that case if it was an emergency or if it was something really bad with the facility. So if it was something that was unethical or illegal happening, you can get out of there right away without giving the notice. Your recruiter's gonna understand, like anyone who is professional will understand that situation, but you don't just wanna cancel on the spot because it's just not really your favorite. And like Whitney said, uh, it's important to note that that cancellation clause in your contract, that protects you, but it also protects the facility. And there might be situations where you wish that you had a 14-day cancellation if you really don't like a contract. Say there's nothing unethical about it or anything like that. It's just say it's in an area you really don't like or um, the patient population is extremely difficult or you're not prepared for the setting or something like that. Maybe you want to get out of there in 14 days, but your contract says 30. So that cancellation clause cuts both ways. Um, it can be very helpful in certain situations, but it also can be a detriment in certain situations. I would say in most cases, though, it is helpful to have a longer notice. Yeah. The other thing that happens more rarely is occasionally there might be a circumstance where the facility just tries to cancel you on the spot without giving you the grace period or the notice. Um, there could be a couple different reasons. Maybe they just think you're doing a poor job or you're not clicking for some reason, or maybe they um, realize they just didn't need you anymore and they're just trying to get out of it as quickly as possible. Um, if at all possible, you want to try to get your recruiter and the staffing company to hold them to that notice. Um, and try to get them to at least pay you out for the 14 days or the 30 days or allow you to continue to work for that period. We've definitely heard of a handful of people saying they got canceled on the spot and they tried to ask for all that stuff and there really ended up being no recourse. Um, and, they, and they wanna know, is this legal? Yeah, and it's, it's a very gray area. Um, so in the, the, the situation that your contract is canceled before it starts, the contract hasn't actually gone into effect yet. So in that situation on both sides, it's kind of until the start date, it's, uh, you know, it's not really enforceable. So if you cancel your contract for some reason, there's really nothing the facility can do. And if the facility cancels, there's really nothing you can do. The travel company, obviously they're the middleman. They want the contract to happen too. If it, get, if it gets canceled by either party, they're also missing out. So it's not really good for anybody when that happens, but the contract hasn't actually gone into effect yet, even if it's been signed, which can be 
uh, very confusing for new, new travelers. If you're on contract though, and your contract gets canceled and they don't give you notice. That's what you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. That is a really difficult situation. A lot of times, um, it depends on the, on what it's for. If it's a situation where they say like patients were endangered or um, you were really unable to meet the productivity requirements or something like that where it's a little bit, um, they can say that it was your fault, then there might not be much that you can do or the travel company can do. If it's a situation where they just hire someone, they they tell you on Friday that that's your last day, then that's a situation where the travel company should be able to pursue the facility and try to get some sort of payment for you because they're obligated to pay out that notice. And you have to remember that in the situation, that's when you kind of want to have a really good travel company and a really good recruiter that will have your back and try to track that money down because it's a lot easier for the travel company to just be like, well, they're not going to pay us. Sorry, we'll find the next one. And in some situations, they really won't pay. And you're in a situation where it's like, okay, either you sue and you go through that major hassle and you know maybe you're missing out $3,000, but you're hiring a lawyer and it's gonna take a lot of time and it's probably gonna cost you more than it's worth, or you just let it go. And ideally you have a, a recruiter in a company that's really going to have your back and try to help you out in that situation, do everything they can. And uh, and you don't have to do any anything like that. Yeah. But that is very rare. We've only heard of that happening a couple of times. So it's definitely not common for them to, to do that because for the most part, the facility probably wants to keep a good relationship with the staffing company as well. Um, and they don't want to burn those bridges by doing something shady. So usually they will uphold the contract, but um, if not, you definitely want to try to get your recruiting company to back you up in that situation. Especially if it's some big national chain, it's very unlikely that they would do something like that because like when you said, they're going to have other staffing needs in the future. And the staffing industry is fairly small. So um, if you if they burn a bridge with you and with the travel company, that travel company talks to other companies and you talk to other companies and that facility might have issues finding travelers in the future. So very unlikely that they would do that. But if it's like a small individual outpatient clinic owned by a single individual, then you never know what they would do. And uh, you're kind of, uh, it's a little more iffy in that situation. Yeah. So talking a little bit more about cancellations, um, what are some reasons why the facility might cancel a contract? Um, so one of the biggest reasons is if they find a permanent person to hire. So a lot of times the reason why they need a traveler is because they don't have a permanent staff member to fill that position right now and they need a traveler temporarily until they can hire a permanent person. So I would say by and far the most common reason to get your contract canceled is because they found a permanent person to take your spot. Yeah, that's definitely the most common. And that's what happened with Wendy's contract. They actually hired a permanent person basically on the day she started. So she got her 30 days notice on the day she started the contract. Um, but at least she had 30 days to find something else and it worked out. But um, but yeah, it's because they hired someone. They were actually really helpful. I think they I think they found out they had hired somebody new maybe like the week before I was about to start. And so they actually could have done a pre-start cancel with me. They could have just said like, don't come in. We don't need you. However, this particular facility, Jared was actually already working there and I was working at a nearby facility and I was going to be coming over to work with him and they still needed him. So I think they didn't want to burn bridges with him and with us. So they said, well, we'll just go ahead and let you start and then we'll, we'll issue your notice that day and give you 30 days to figure out another contract. And that also gave them the opportunity to let that new staff member have a ramp up period and we kind of overlapped um, with the caseload until he got up to speed. Uh, the other or the new permanent therapist that was going to work there. And so sometimes that would be the case. Even if they do hire a permanent person, they may or may not cancel you. 
sometimes they may just cut your contract short a little bit, or they might keep you on for the full length of your contract if they want to have an overlap. And, and obviously it depends too on how far you are into the contract. If you're, you've only been there two weeks and they hire someone new, they're much less likely to have you finish out the contract versus if you're eight weeks in, you only have five weeks left and they hire someone, they might just be like, okay, well, we'll ramp down your caseload and ramp up their caseload and it works out perfectly. Yep. So that's definitely the most common reason. Now, another reason that you might get canceled is because there's a low census or low caseload, um, or if there's a low, low enough caseload before you actually start, they might just realize, wait, we thought we needed an extra staff member, but we actually don't. Or maybe if you're already on contract and the caseload just starts to drop off, they're not getting as many referrals as they thought. And they're like, we can't afford to keep you here. So we need to you know, cut some staff. And they usually cut the travelers before they cut the perm staff. Yeah. And this is also a situation where sometimes what's advocated for in travel is not always the best thing, or it can be, there's situations where it's not as good. And that's uh, 40 hour guarantees. So if you're at a facility and the, their census drops and they're able to just reduce your hours, then sometimes they'll keep you on. But if you have a 40 hour guarantee and the census drops, well, now they're paying you for 40 hours, but there might only be 24 hours worth of work. Well, they're not going to want you to be there for, you know, pay for 40 hours if you're only working 24 and they're much more likely to cancel your contract versus just reduce your hours. And depending on your situation, it might be better or worse for you to just work part-time 24 hours a week till the contract's over or have your contract ended early. And there are situations where either of those would be preferable, but it's something to keep in mind. Yep. So a third reason why you could potentially have your contract canceled is if a new management team comes in. So this might happen sometimes, especially at like skilled nursing facilities where they hire out um, their staffing department, or they, they outsource their staffing for the rehab department. So sometimes the facility, the building, the skilled nursing is owned by one company, but they have a rehab director company come in and manage the rehab department. Um, and I've had this happen before too, where they changed departments who, who was like running that department. So sometimes if a new management comes in, they might be like, ah, we're getting rid of these travelers. You know, we're going to, and a lot of times they get rid of the permanent staff too. Sometimes they give the permanent staff an opportunity to like interview and be rehired by the new company, but sometimes they completely wipe it clean and start over with new staff. So if you are unlucky enough to be at a place where they're undergoing a management change, that could affect your contract. Yeah, and that is a, a situation that's bad for everybody, uh, not just travelers, but yes, perm staff gets um, gets hurt a lot of times in those types of switches. Um, usually that only happens in skilled nursing, and we try to avoid skilled nursing. We usually tell other people to try to avoid skilled nursing if at all possible, uh, but that those situations happen where one company will buy out the other company, or sometimes even the facility will buy out the uh whoever they're contracted out to, they'll say, never mind, we'll take over staffing or the opposite. Sometimes it's in-house and then they outsource it and they get rid of their therapy department to uh, another company. Yeah, so something like that could happen. Um, another reason would be, and this is, this happens less often, assuming that most of you guys are good clinicians, but it could happen that um, the clinician did something wrong. Um, maybe they had, you know, they had an ethical dilemma, some something illegal, Maybe their productivity was really low, their performance was just poor, they weren't getting along with the team. So obviously, of course, the, the company might cancel you because you're just not doing a good job. Um, but hopefully that won't happen if you just try to do a good job. But um, definitely the productivity can be an issue. We've had a couple times where we had to have a talking to for our productivity. Again, those were in SNFs, which is one of the reasons that we just hate working in SNFs. We feel like the productivity is so unreasonable. Um, there were definitely times in SNF where my productivity was like, 65% and they wanted it to be 90%. 
And for the most part, we always just had them talk to us and say, hey, what's going on? Why is your productivity low? What can you do? We were never threatened to be fired for it, um, but there, there's some cases where they might fire you for it. Yeah, that's actually happened to us once in skilled nursing for me, twice skilled nursing for Whitney, and once an outpatient for each of us as well. We that's had a true. situation yeah. where uh, the caseload that they were giving us, uh, there was no way to do it in 40 hours, uh, basically the way they set the schedule up. And so we were getting overtime for the first few weeks, and then they were like, we don't want to pay overtime, you guys can't do that. And we were like, well then we either need a lower caseload or you need to adjust things so we can get the work done. And uh, that was a situation where they were very, um, it, it worked out fine. They ended up adjusting the caseload, but it was a tense situation for a week or two. Yeah, so don't worry too much about productivity. Um, I just was answering somebody's question about this the other day. They were like, you know, I'm concerned because in the interview they said 90%. How serious are they about that? For the most part, they're just going to talk to you about it and say, you know, do your best, try to get it up a little bit higher. Um, but again, it goes back to supply and demand. If they have, if you're a PTA or a CODA and your productivity is low and they have a bunch of other candidates they could get in there with better productivity, they may fire you to ha for having low productivity. But if you're a PT and they have no other PTs in the region, no backup plan, they're just going to say, can you please do a little bit better? But they're yeah. not going to get rid of you because they don't have any other option um, and they're really in need. So definitely something to consider. Okay, the last reason that you could get canceled would be something crazy happening like a pandemic. Uh, a lot of people got canceled due to COVID, obviously, in 2020 um, because there was so much uncertainty there or something crazy like a natural disaster. Um, we just recently heard from someone who was supposed to start at a facility and they had some kind of major flooding and their clinic got flooded and they were shutting down the clinic indefinitely because of the flooding. So they didn't need his assistance anymore because the business was going to be shutting down. Yeah. Um, so those situations rare. are rare. Um, and what happens in those situations is uh, no one really knows until the actual event happens. So for example, with the pandemic, most of the facilities were saying, this is an act of God. We have to cancel all the, the staff, the, um, the contractors, and they were not giving notice or anything. And in a lot of cases, there was nothing that the travel companies could do about that. They just were not going to receive any more money from the facility. And some of the travel companies would just take a loss on that and still pay out the, the therapists for their notice. While other companies, they were like, we can't afford to pay out therapists for 14 or 30 days if we're not bringing in any money at all. Like they would go out of business if they did that. So that was on a case-by-case -case basis. That was obviously a very extreme example that hasn't happened in a hundred years. So um, that's obviously very rare, probably not gonna happen again, hopefully. Yeah, and then in the case where the natural disaster, the flooding, sometimes they do have a clause in there that says like, this was an act of God, we have no control over this. And you're probably not gonna win that one, unfortunately. You can try to fight it, you know, but most likely you're not gonna be able to get much recourse there, unfortunately. Okay, so we do wanna go into talking about some things um, that you can do to try to screen for having a cancellation or try to avoid it if possible, and then what to do if it does happen to you. But before we do that, if you are watching live, we'd love if you just say hi in the comments and let us know you're watching. If you um, are getting any value out of this video, we'd love if you hit the thumbs up button. We'd appreciate it. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. Um, Nick, we'd love to know if you've ever had a contract canceled. And if so, what happened? What was it like? Yeah, how long have you been traveling now, Nick? Hi, Emma. Hi, Tom. Hi, Drew. Hi, Matt. Thank you guys for joining. Let us know if any of you are current travelers. Hey, Zoe. Um, Hey, Renee, let us know if you're a current traveler, if you've ever had a contract canceled. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, so there's obviously 
no way that you can know for sure if a contract's going to be canceled, right? But there's definitely some things you can try to kind of screen for in your phone interview. We always talk about with phone interviews, just keep them talking as long as possible. Try to gain as much information as possible. Yeah. Because when they try to say less and get you off the phone quicker, there's usually something they're just kind of hiding. It can be, or you just don't know what you're getting into. So the longer you can keep the conversation going, the more things you'll just pick up um, through the conversation. And one of those is obviously you want to ask why they need a traveler in the first place and then just talk to them a little bit, you know, ask follow-up questions that they say like, oh, you know, we had someone leave and we're trying to hire, but it, we've just been having issues, you know, ask follow-up questions. Have you had candidates? Are, is there anybody you're considering? Things like that, because they might be looking for a traveler still and maybe the start date's two weeks away. And right now they feel like they really need to get someone in there, but they might already have a good candidate that they're interviewing actively. And you might accept the contract, get there, start for a week, and then they're like, oh, we actually hired this person. Well, if you'd ask a bunch of follow-up questions and that might have come out, then maybe you would have passed on that job in the first place. So the more you can talk and the more you can just um, you know, get out of them during the interview, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, like for example, um, the most recent contracts we took were last summer in Alaska, and they were going to be at an outpatient clinic. And in fact, this outpatient clinic owner that we interviewed with didn't want to hire travelers. He was looking actively for permanent staff. So we knew that right off the bat. He explained that to our recruiter, but we happen to want to work part-time. This is kind of rare. Our situation's a little bit weird. It's not that typical to get part-time contracts, but that was what we were looking for because we have our online business and um, we're kind of semi-retired. We don't work full-time anymore. So we interviewed with him and we were like, you know, what's your situation? And he said he was actively interviewing people for these positions. He had like two or three positions open. Um, he had somebody that might be able to start soon, but he had somebody that couldn't start till the end of the summer because it's Alaska and they were going to have to move all the way up there. So we had a very good idea. We were like, okay, you know, do you think you'll need us for the full 13 weeks? Like it's actually okay with us in our situation, um, at that time, if you don't, but we just straight up said, do you think you'll need us that full time for the hours allotted? And he said, yes, I do. I think I am going to need you until August because I don't think this person can start until August. But if you ask some questions like that, like, do you feel like you'll need me for a full 13 weeks? And they, maybe they're a really good liar, but probably not. Probably they'll say like, well, there's yeah. a chance we might already have some, you know, something like that might come out in the conversation of oh, we've already hired someone or we have a really good candidate we're considering. So definitely don't be afraid to ask that because it's, it's your livelihood. You're the one who's moving out there and taking the risk to take that contract. So try to find out some of that information. And I would even explain that because you never know. There are, we've talked to managers that have never worked with travelers before. We've talked to managers that have worked with like dozens of travelers before. So you never know what they know about the traveling situation really. And they might think, oh, if they only come for a couple weeks and they have to leave, that's not a big deal. And it might not be a big deal to some travelers. For us, like if we went to Alaska for a month and then they canceled our contract, it wouldn't have been a huge deal. But if you're someone that uh, you just started traveling and you have no money saved and you go all the way to Alaska and your contract gets canceled after a month and you're locked into a lease, that is a, a very bad situation. So um, it might not even be that they're trying to hide anything. It might just be that they didn't even think, if you ask the question, do you think that I'll, you'll need me for the full 13 weeks? Or do you think there's a possibility that um, I might be able to stay longer? Something like that. Then that will get them thinking like, oh, well, yeah, I think so. You know probability wise. Um, and that can give you an insight into whether there's a likelihood of the contract being canceled. Yeah. And it's just something to consider. Like Jared said, even if their answer is, I don't know, um, maybe that's okay with you. Maybe you're flexible and you're not too worried about it. In our case, when we were going to Alaska, we actually planned to go to Alaska, whether or not we found contracts or not. We were going to go up there for the summer 
um, either just for fun or for work. So it was just kind of a bonus that we were able to find part-time work, almost like PRN jobs while we were up there. But it wouldn't have been a deal breaker for us if not. But if you know for a fact, it's gonna be a deal breaker for you if they don't feel pretty firmly that they're probably gonna keep you for most of the 13 weeks, then that might be a contract you wanna pass on. Um, whereas the answer might also be, for example, um, one of uh, Jared's facilities that he worked at, it was a rural hospital and they had used travelers year over year over year. And so you might get into the conversation of, why do you need a traveler? Have you used a traveler before? And they might say, yeah, unfortunately, we've, we've had a really hard time filling the position. It's kind of rural out here. We don't have a lot of um, physical therapists that live in the area. So we've used travelers a lot over the years. And so it might be a place that you end up, you could even extend. You might say six months or nine months. They might even say that. They might even say, our last traveler stayed here for nine months. Would you want to do that? A little better job security, right? Yeah, so sure. these are just some questions that you can kind of ask and just get a feel for why they need a traveler. Have they used a traveler before? Do they think they're going to need you for the full time? Which is another reason why the interview is so important. And we always harp on that. We tell every prospective person that, you know, the interview is your only insight into the job. It's extremely important to ask as many questions and have as thorough a conversation as possible. Because if you just accept a contract, you don't know what you're getting into. It might be great or it might be terrible. Yeah. So when you have in this phone interview and you ask, might be because of the storm. Hey guys, sorry. Um, let us know if you can hear us. There's a storm going on, so I think our Wi-Fi was cutting out there for a second. It's funny because there was actually a storm the last time we did a video two weeks ago, so uh, I guess we choose the stormy days to do videos. <laughs> um, yeah, leave us a comment and let us know if you can hear us. Um, I think there was a little poor connection there for a minute. So what I was getting ready to say um, was one question you might ask, and it might be a really good sign, is if the reason they happen to need a traveler is because of a maternity leave or a medical leave, it might be more of a secure position because if you know for a fact that the person you're covering for is gone for a set period of time, if they say, oh, the current staff member is gone for you know a 12-week maternity leave, we're gonna need you for exactly 12 weeks, her start date is back on this date, then that's pretty secure, that's pretty solid, right? Yeah. Those are probably the least likely to have a cancellation. Yeah, and even if they come back early, which does happen sometimes with maternity leaves, it's usually only a couple weeks. And in that situation, it's very unlikely they're gonna cancel your contract like two weeks early. Uh, it might just be another thing where they're ramping up and you're ramping down. Yeah. So definitely a lot of um, important questions there that you can ask during the interview to just try to glean some information and see if it's going to be more or less likely that you're going to be canceled. Okay. There's also some things that you can do to set yourself up for less hassle in the event of a cancel. So one of them we already mentioned, that would be if possible, we recommend trying to get a 30-day notice worked into your contract. Now, this isn't always within your control. Some of the facilities, especially some of the skilled nursing facilities, have an automatic two-week cancellation clause. They won't change it to 30 days. Yeah, and this, we, we talk to some new travelers sometimes, and we say, you know, in our course and videos in the past, we've said try to get a 30-day cancellation policy if at all possible. And some people look at that as a deal breaker. Well, it's not always a deal breaker. You have to take it on a case-by-case -case basis. If it's a really great job and a really good location, it sounds like cancellation is unlikely. So you've already had the interview, um, say they have somebody on return to leave, something like that. Well, it's not gonna be a big deal if it's a 14 day notice. On the other hand, if you're between two jobs and one of them sounds, they both sound about the same, one's 14 days and one's 30 days, then maybe you go with the 30 day notice. But we would never say that if a job doesn't have that, it's a deal breaker. And some people also don't understand that the travel company doesn't always have control of what the facility will allow. So you might say, I only want a 30 day notice. The facility says they only want 14. Well, 
the travel company can't make them change their mind on that. So there's situations where if you really want 30 day notice, you might have to pass on a contract. They might not budge. Yeah, and it just depends. It doesn't hurt to ask because sometimes it is negotiable, um, especially if it's like an outpatient, privately owned. It might be negotiable. You know, the travel company might be negotiating directly with the manager or the owner of the clinic. So maybe they can just be like, yeah, okay, we'll change it. We'll put 30 days, but maybe not. So it doesn't hurt to ask, but it's also not a deal breaker if you can't get it changed. But definitely always check your contract and make sure at least something is there. Um, do not sign a contract if there's not any kind of cancellation clause written in there. Make sure to at least ask. Be like, oh, what's the cancellation clause? You don't want to, you know, find yourself into a contract and and then get canceled, and then they're like, there was no cancellation clause. It's just zero days. You're fired. Yeah. Another thing that will help with cancellations is, if at all possible, keep your housing situation as short of an increment as possible. So instead of signing a three month lease, try to sign a one month lease or maybe a two week lease. Um, you know, try to sign the shortest lease as you, as you can in case something happens with the contract, you can get out of it. So ideally, I mean, the best case scenario would be like a, a week to week situation, but you have the option to extend. That would be the best case. Now, most landlords are not going to let you do that, but there are a lot that will do monthly. Furnish Finder, it's pretty common to find uh, month to month leases. Some want three months. And that might be a situation where if you interview for a, for a job and it sounds a little iffy, they're like, well, I'm not really sure. Maybe if we hire somebody, we won't need you for the full contract. You don't want to get locked into a three-month lease in that situation. So maybe you you choose a different housing situation than you would if the contract sounded more secure. Yeah, if at all possible, we recommend month to month, which is where you commit, you know, you let the landlord know, I'm probably going to be here three months, but can we just take it on a month by month basis? And then I'll try my best to give you as much notice as possible. And it's best just to communicate with these landlords and explain your situation. Um, I think now, especially since COVID, a lot more people understand travel healthcare than used to, especially if you explain to them, it's like travel nursing. We say that all the time. They're like, oh, travel nursing. Okay, I know what that is. Um, usually people are pretty helpful and pretty understanding because it's not like you're just flaky or you're just trying to skip out on the lease. It's like, if you explain to them, I fully intend to be here this whole three months or maybe even six months, but can I let you know if something happens with my contract and then, you know, try to give you either a two week notice or a 30 day notice. And maybe they'll be like, yeah, I'm flexible with that. If you can just try to give me as much notice as possible. Um, it's just always helps to communicate because people are nicer than you think. Now, if it's something like an apartment complex, they might have very set rules, but try to make sure there's like a 30 day cancellation in there. So that way, if you get your contract canceled, at least you're only on the hook for maybe one extra month's rent versus like two or three or four or five months extra rent. Yep. Another thing to think about if you are very concerned about cancellations is if you take a job in an area that has often other travel jobs. For example, there are places in California that there's like three open travel jobs at any time of the year. If you take one of those jobs and it gets canceled, well, then there's a very good likelihood you'll find another travel job within 30 minutes and it's not a huge deal. It's obviously not ideal for that to happen, but at least there's going to be something else nearby. Say you're locked into a three-month lease you're four weeks in, well, then you finish uh, eight weeks at a different facility um, nearby and it's not the end of the world. Whereas if you go somewhere that's very rural, there's only one job available and there's never any other jobs in the area, if your contract gets cut short, then you're very limited in your options in that situation. Yeah, and of course, I mean, worrying about contract cancellations is obviously not the only factor in determining where you're gonna take a job, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of other benefits to taking jobs in rural places or, or other places, but, for example, say that you're a CODA and you know that, you know, there's not as much demand, there's a lot more competition for the jobs. I would really recommend going somewhere like California. 
for one, you're going to have a lot more job options um, per like getting that license. Whereas if you get like an Oklahoma license, there might not be as many job options. But secondly, if you're out in California and you're on a contract and it does get canceled, you're probably a lot more likely to find another job either nearby or somewhere not too far in California um, for CODIS. Now, with that being said, almost all of our contracts have been rural. And I think part of the reason we've had less contract cancellations than some other travelers have is because our contracts are in less desirable locations. We kind of did that on purpose because cost of living is lower. We we're able to save more money that way. Um, but it worked out well because in a rural area, they're gonna, it's, it's gonna be much less likely to hire permanent staff than if you're, say, taking a job in New York City. Um, think about how many applicants they might have for a permanent position there versus if you're kind of three hours outside of a city um, in a place where not a lot of people are actively trying to move to, it's much less likely they're gonna hire a permanent person and your contract's gonna be cut, cut short. Okay, so the next thing we need to talk about in order to set yourself up for success in the case of a cancellation is having an emergency fund. It's vital as a travel therapist that you have a bit of an emergency fund saved up um, in case of a cancellation or in case you're not able to find two back-to-back -back contracts. There's always an, a chance that you might not be able to find work consistently back-to-back -back, and you need to be prepared for those situations. Yeah, and not only that, I think having an emergency fund as a traveler is way more important than for the average person because there's all kinds of things that can happen. You, you might have trouble finding a job. You might have a car breakdown in the middle of a cross-country drive. Um, you might get locked into a lease and have to like leave the lease or pay to get out of the lease or something like that. There's just more things that can happen to you as a traveler. So having an emergency fund, ideally at least three months, even six months of your expenses would be really good to have. Obviously, you can't do that when you start out. But when you start making money, try to save some of that, put it aside just in case um, something bad does happen, like a, a contract gets canceled while you're on the way to it or, you know, you have a car breakdown or something like that. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and the last thing that's really important that you do in order to set yourself up for success is have a great recruiter and ideally have about have a relationship with about three different recruiters. So you definitely want to have at least one good recruiter, the one that you're taking a contract with. So that way, in case your contract gets canceled, they're going to have your back. They're going to be on top of communication. There's nothing worse than feeling like you're just hung out to dry and nobody's getting back to you. If you find out your contract gets canceled, you want to have a really solid recruiter who you can rely on. That's going to go to bat for you. They're going to start, get to work right away and be like, okay, we're going to figure this out. We're going to work this out together. I'm going to make all the calls. I'm going to do everything. And then at the same time, having a couple other recruiters as a backup option. So that way, in case you're scrambling, having to look for a new contract because your contract got canceled, it's a really good idea to have two or three um, that can help you out. Don't forget that companies have different job options. Some have exclusive contracts that another company might not have. And in a contract cancellation situation, say there's only one job open in an hour radius of where your job got canceled and you need to be in that area. Say you're locked into a lease or something like that. Um, you want to have all the job options available to you. If the company that you're working with doesn't have that one job that's open, you need to be working with someone else that does have that job. So it's very important to have at least a few. That situation where you get a contract canceled, you're trying to find something else nearby, that's when you want to have as many good people on your side as possible. Yeah, and sometimes in that case, we've, um, like, you know, if that were to happen to us or we're talking to other people, it's like, eh, maybe you can reach out to like a fourth and a fifth one if you're really desperate at this point. Um, search all the job boards, you know, use all your resources. Um, with that said, if you guys are interested in getting connected with some good recruiters to help you out with your job searches, um, either right now or in the future, you can reach out to us on our website at TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. Fill out our recruiter recommendation form and we'll get you connected. Yep. We've got um, a little bit more to talk about. I saw we've got some questions and comments. If you guys have any other questions or comments as we go, we'll, we'll answer all those at the end. 
Um, but thanks for guys for tuning in. And if you could like this video, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, it looks like we got some feedback from a few of you about your contract cancellation. So we'll go through and read all those here in just a minute. Um, so, okay, the last thing we need to talk about here is what do you do if you get canceled? So you get the phone call, you get it, you know, your manager pulls you into their office, or even sometimes it'll go through your recruiter. Maybe your recruiter texts you and says like, they said they're canceling your contract. Sometimes it goes like way around the bend and it gets to you that way. And you're like, oh my gosh, what, what do you mean? So what happens now, right? So it really just depends. So, um, you know, in one situation you might see like, what's the deal? Why are they canceling me? Um, like Jared mentioned earlier, in some situations, it could be in your benefit to try to work something out with the facility. If you're only there for a few more weeks or you're not quite ready to move yet, like say one of you is on contract, if you're like in a pair like us, if you have somebody who has a contract and it's going for another two or three weeks and your contract is getting canceled, maybe you could work something out in your favor with the facility where they just dropped your hours down and kept you on for a little longer. That's not always going to be the answer, but that is something you could maybe just consider. And something I don't think we've ever talked about in a video. Uh, we had a situation like this where we really wanted to stay in an area a couple extra weeks and they had hired someone new and they did not need, we're, Whitney and I were working at the same facility. They hired somebody new and so they didn't need both of us but they could keep one of us. Well, we were like, can we each do 20 hours just for two weeks? And they agreed to that. And that worked out very well for us and it worked out well for the facility because they needed a full-time person, but they were fine with us each working 20 hours. So um, sometimes a situation like that will arise and maybe you can just do part-time hours for a couple weeks and maybe that works out better for you and maybe it works for the facility as well. Yeah, so there's certain circumstances where that would help in getting creative. And actually, um, that I got that idea from Laura. She wrote about it in her article where she talked about what she did. Um, I think in one situation, um, it was because of the pandemic, that's what it was. It was when the pandemic hit, they just dropped their hours down really low for the last like few weeks. So they could just have like a little bit of something so that they wouldn't be without any money at all. And it was just enough to cover their rent so they could lay low for a couple more months while they figured out something else because they had no other options. Um, another situation she said where her contract got canceled, but her partners didn't, she ended up finding a PRN job in the area for like two weeks um, while he finished out his contract. So just there's some things that you could do to get creative there if you're not ready to quite leave that area yet. Yeah, and if there is nothing else in the area, definitely looking into PRN options, I would say is a, a good thing to do. And you might be able to find a PRN job. Say you have six weeks left, they might you might be able to find somewhere that's really needs a PT or an OT or whatever your discipline for 20 hours a week. And that's enough money for you to get by and not have to just leave that lease or something like that. Yeah, and that's usually the, the big sticking point, right? Is like, are you locked into a lease? If you're not locked into a lease, um, well then now, now maybe you just you finish out your two weeks or your 30 days and you just, in that time, start looking for a new contract somewhere else. And you're just having to do that a little bit sooner than you thought. You know, you thought you had another two months before you had to find a new contract, but now you have to find a new contract now in a new location. But if you are locked into a lease, that's when it's like, oh gosh, can I find something else here in this city? Even if it's like I have to drive an extra 30 minutes or an hour, um, that's when it's important to have multiple recruiters so you can just talk to them, see what options are available. But if you can't find anything in the area, um, either maybe you can try to work out something with your landlord that wasn't in your lease, just you know, beg, ask them if they can make an exception, see if you can get out of that lease if at all possible. Otherwise, sometimes you may just have to take a hit. You may just have to be like, you know what? I'm having to pay for an extra two months at a place that I'm not living at anymore. I'm just gonna leave. 
pay the two months and then just go live somewhere else and hopefully I'll make up the money on this new contract. There are situations where that makes sense. Say the contract you're on isn't really the high paying, it gets canceled, you can't get out of the lease and another one pops up four hours away that is really high paying. Well, maybe the money you lose in that lease you make up for in the new contract and it all works out okay. So uh, it really depends on the situation. Yeah. So hopefully some of these strategies will be helpful for you in just considering what your options are, knowing what to expect if you ever have um, that dreaded contract cancellation. So let's go through some of the comments and feedback from you guys. If you have any questions for us, leave them in the comments. We'll read some of your feedback and um, some of the stories that you guys have to share. Maybe we'll start at the top because I think some of them are like piggybacking off each other. Okay. Hi, Renee. Hi, Nick. Nick says traveling for five years. Nick says, I canceled three out of my first four contracts. They must have been really rough, Nick, for you to have to do that. Yeah, what happened? Um, Renee says, she's a current traveler, had a contract canceled a couple times mid-contract. Okay, Sarah says, hi, Sarah. Uh, my second contract was canceled on day one. Um, five or more therapists were hired, and that night we got a call for cancellation and transition to PRN as the hospital was unique. Um, all the staff were travelers, nurses, including the nurses, the RTs, the OTs. And I remember, I remember, I remember this contract because yeah. this was a COVID um, crisis job. And so unfortunately, those are really unprecedented times when you and all your coworkers got noticed at the same time because they basically overstaffed. They thought, oh my gosh, we have all these COVID cases. Um, we, we helped Sarah a lot with that situation. Um, we were aware of what was going on there because um, one of our recruiters was staffing that job. And they basically thought, oh my gosh, we need all these therapists. We need all these nurses. We need all these respiratory therapists. And then once they all got onboarded, like four weeks later, they were like, never mind, COVID's dying out. We don't need you anymore. Which so. happens not only with the pandemic, but it also happens sometimes with strike jobs where they think they're going to need a bunch of people and they start you start doing online modules and stuff like that and then the strike is canceled or something like that. So sometimes those situations pop up, but that's definitely very rare. Hi, Jennifer. Jennifer says currently on my third contract. Um, Renee has some more information about her cancellation. She says I was canceled due to a new perm hire two months into a 13 week contract. So that's not too bad. At least you're about two thirds of the way through. The other one was the travel OT and myself were canceled due to low census and we were taking away hours from the full-time permanent staff. Yeah, unfortunately that can happen, the low census. Um, Nick says he's not worried about his current contract getting canceled because no one wants to work in Metro Baltimore. That's probably true. Uh, my favorite story about Baltimore, uh, we worked nearby there, probably an hour and a half or two hours away. We went there for the weekend and we went in like a museum and they had a gift shop and they had a mug that said, Baltimore, we're not just murder. And that was that was the funniest thing to me, that that was in a museum gift shop. <laughs> Interesting place. Yeah. Um, Renee says, this is my third time around in 16 years of traveling. I started traveling a year ago. Okay. Jennifer says, I was given my 30-day notice. My first week. Can my first week of my first contract due to the facility finding a perm PT. The next week that fell through and they asked me to stay after I'd gotten out of my Airbnb. Wild start, but I stayed and even ended up extending. Interesting. It sounds like a crazy situation. Yeah. Um, Renee says, my last assignment recently, I was there for seven months in Northern California, now in New Mexico. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great to be able to extend contracts 
Um, she says, I'm in a rural town in New Mexico. The PTA went out on maternity leave. Okay, well, hopefully that'll be a more secure one, unlike those couple where you got canceled. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joey. Hey, Dan. Hey, Kendall. Uh, let's see. Nick also says, the facility chain where I am in Maryland has plenty of openings. I'm sure you could commit 20 felonies while in contract. They'd still give you a pass. Well, at least you're making good money, Nick. Uh, yeah. That's that's what matters since there's a lot of cons to that contract. Um, so regarding Nick canceling his own contracts, he said, I didn't vet the recruiters well enough. I took locations just based on the location. I took a Fort Myers home health job with no mileage built in. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can get blinded by some stuff when you're doing your phone interview. You can be like, yeah, this one sounds great. And then you forget to ask the questions that and ultimately ends up yeah. being a bad situation. Or you, you get blinded by the location. I mean, there's situations where, say, you really want to go to San Diego and a job pops up there and you interview for it and it doesn't sound great, but you convince yourself to go anyway. Um, those sometimes don't turn out the best. Um, Sarah said regarding that COVID contract, uh, that hospital has now shut down. Yeah, I think that was just maybe like a temporary like pop-up situation. I don't know. Those were really crazy times. Yeah. Um, I want to say, Sarah, was that early 21? I think so. I think that was like right when the vaccines were kind of coming out and there was like the new wave of COVID being pretty bad during that time. It was a crazy time all 2020 and like the first half of 2021. Um but something that Nick said made me think of something. Um, oh, I know what it was. So um, I got a lot of insight from, I keep mentioning this article. If you guys get a chance, go and read that new guest post. It was from our friend Laura, who's a travel PT. Um, she wrote a guest post all about the same topic that gives some really good insights. Um, and it was really nice just to read her experience because, like I said, she had five contract cancellations. And she really just learned to see the bright side in all of them. So a lot of them, she was saying, you know, even though it seemed like the end of the world at the time when her contract got canceled, she basically ended up actually being in a better situation um, when she found the new contract afterwards. And so she was really looking on the bright side of a lot of them. Um, what was the other thing? What was the other thing? Something that Nick said that made me think about it. Oh, I know what it was. So one of her pieces of advice, sorry. One of her pieces of advice was not to get blinded by like not to gloss over stuff when you're scrambling looking for a new contract, right? Because maybe you find yourself being really desperate and you're like, oh my God, I got to find a new contract because my contract's getting canceled. And then maybe you gloss over something and get blinded and forget to ask all the right questions. And now you end up in an even worse situation. Yeah. So she said, don't make decisions out of desperation. If that was a very good canceled. point. I didn't really think about that, but yeah, I mean, and you're obviously desperate in that situation. If uh, you get canceled and there's one contract open, you're going to try to make that work at all possible. So yeah, make sure that it's a good fit because maybe you get into a situation where it's 100% productivity and it's a terrible contract and you hate it and you'd have been better off just taking a different contract somewhere else and uh, um, just letting that whole area go. Yeah. So, you know, in summary, contract cancellations fortunately don't happen that often, but it definitely is a risk. There's always some pros and cons with being a travel therapist. You're going to take on a little bit more risk. Um, but it's just part of the life. It's part of the lifestyle. It's you have to know that that's what it's going to come. You know, you got to take the bad with the good. Right. Um, but overall, we think that being a travel therapist is totally worth the risks and the hassles. But you definitely have to be good with your money. Be strategic. There's a lot of things you can do to set yourself up for a more successful situation. There's a lot of travelers that just go into things really blind without asking questions and get themselves in bad situations. And then they just go online and say how bad traveling is. And it's like, well, you just weren't prepared. We've run into that a lot. We've had the 
opportunity to work with a variety of other travelers over the years at the same facilities that we're at. And it really baffled us sometimes because I was a very much an over planner when we were starting. I was trying to find any information I could. I would have read anything available. Um, whereas we talked to some people and they just had no idea. They were current travelers that just really had no idea how travel even worked. Like they knew that they, the recruiter gave them a job and they took it and they moved there and that was it. But they didn't know about cancellations or 30 days notice or 40 hour guarantees. They didn't know anything. So um, just be as informed as you can be. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, if you're here, if you're listening to our videos or listening to us on the podcast, hopefully you're well on your way to becoming an informed travel therapist. Um, we've really dedicated the last several years to learning as much as we can about all these different topics and educating you guys so you can have a better experience. We really do feel like um, travel therapy is just an amazing opportunity if you do it the right way. Um, obviously, there's bad luck that's going to happen to some of us sometimes, but you just have to learn to roll with the punches. Um, life is a journey. It's not always perfect. It's not always the way we plan it. Our travel journey hasn't gone how we planned it. We made this whole plan for the first five years and it completely got derailed, but we still had an amazing experience. And I would say now, eight years later, we've had better experiences than we ever could have imagined. It wasn't what we planned, but um, we're, we're just in the best situation we could ever be in. Yeah, and sometimes the situations that are the worst in the moment are the best stories later. And <laughs> I think about that sometimes now with our truck and our RV, we had so many issues with that. But looking back on it, it's almost like uh, nostalgic to an extent when I think about those situations. Um, but at the time, it was like the end of the world. So sometimes that's how it is. Sometimes the best stories come from uh, some rough, rough things that you have to make it through. Well, and learning experiences. I mean, honestly, sometimes you have to make a mistake in order to learn from it. Um, so, for example, that person I talked about earlier that we heard about secondhand who got their contract cancellation or canceled and didn't know that was a thing. Well, they're never going to let that happen again. They're going to understand contract cancellations in and out from now on, right? But they had to have that happen to learn from it. Um, we've had certainly some learning experiences. We've had some good contracts and bad ones. We've learned things from people that we would take away and be like, oh, I'm going to do that as a therapist. And then we've learned lots of things that we're like, I'm never going to do that as a therapist or as a manager because it was all the bad things that we learned. So, yep. you know, it's definitely life is an experience. It's a journey. So, yep. Well, hopefully you guys learned something. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment or send us a message. Yeah, if you're watching this later, please like the video, leave us a question. If you have those, we'll come back to it and answer it later. Um, we should be doing another video in a couple weeks. Um, I, I said last week we were going to talk about recruiter pay. That'll probably be next I video. I think that's going to be our next video. I think it's not going to be for like maybe three weeks because we um, have some holidays and also a trip coming up. So I think it'll be in about three weeks that we'll talk about recruiter pay and put out an article on that too. Yep. All right. Thanks for watching everyone. Uh, we'll see you in the next video. All right. Bye guys. Bye.